0: Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Fight Club. Say hello to my girl, Jen Merlin.
1: Monica, how are you? I'm good. How are you today? Super terrific. Really? I mean, I'm getting my hair done today. Oh, girl, I'm getting mine done tomorrow.
0: Look at us. Yours isn't even
1: gray. Oh,
0: excuse me. Your hair looks great. No. Oh, I have a little thing. I I color the little part thing and cover it up. It's time. Speaking of, what do you use? It's called Wow.
1: Yes, I have it and I love it. The best everybody oh should get it
0: well, just my, for like last couple days
1: at least yours is like in your part mine is like a halo around my head because I'm like an angel oh so it's like a halo and then it looks weird on zoom calls because it's like gray and white and you can't oh and first
0: it, of all a halo my ass
1: it's a halo <laughs> okay we'll call it
0: that <laughs> one of the That's devil's good. angels That's right. There you go. All right, guys, thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Real Estate Fight Club. We love that you're here and love that you're listening today. Jen and I are going to, I think we're more going to just spar versus a real duke out fight, you know, more like a practice fight (laughs) where we are going to talk about strategies to win a deal in today's market. And what I mean by today's market is a Severe drought of inventory. And so, depending on when you're listening to this, we're filming this, or we're filming this, we're recording this. We are filming. And we're filming also Zoom is a, um yeah. in the spring, spring slash summer market of 2021. And we have a supply and demand
1: problem. We don't Just have a demand probably. problem.
0: Well, we have a supply and demand balance problem. Yes, we have a lot of demand and no supply, you're right. For sure, for sure. So we thought we'd just talk about some strategies to to win the deal in today's market and kind of mm-hmm. go a little bit off board today. So, Jim, what do you have? What's your first?
1: Well, I kind of, I mean, I definitely think today's market, but in general, all markets. I think the first thing for a strategy, I call them pop-tart agents. And these are agents that when a buyer calls or somebody calls, they just pop tart up and just run right over there. Right. Yeah. So I think a strategy in any market, but especially an unbalanced market is to slow down to speed up. So when you have a client, potential client, they're not even your client. When you have a potential person that is so urgent, you've got to slow down and do some type of consultation, mm-hmm. their buyer consultation, a seller consultation, mm-hmm. some type of consultation. So you can understand their motivation for buying or selling. You can explain the market and what's going on. You can mm-hmm. learn about where they're going to go. What's their motivation? What's going on with them? Why are they so urgent? Because what I found is a lot of times that the highest level of urgency equals like they're not going to do anything.
0: Right, right. Have you experienced that too? A lack of preparedness or lack of qualification or something like that shit ain't yeah. gonna work. Yeah, calm the hell down. It. You're right. You know that was my first tip. It goes very nicely with that. I just want to take it a step further.
1: Okay.
0: I am having I'm luck. it. You get. It. <laughs> I, I want to plus it. I'm plus, not plus it. <laughs> I'm. Uh. We are having luck winning contracts with our buyers because we are brutally honest with them in not just telling them, but showing them what is happening. And we go through this little um, conversation where I I explain to them what the perfect blue sky buyer looks like to a seller. It's at the top of the peak. And this is a cash buyer that will do no inspection that will not make the offer contingent on an appraisal Mm -hmm. that has nothing to sell. Like I go through what the snow white perfection version of a buyer is for a seller.
1: Okay. I love it. And then
0: I go all the way to the bottom and say what a absolute, the worst seller that could, or the worst buyer that could possibly come along that no seller would ever get into business with. Mm -hmm. And that is somebody that has, you know, has a house to sell needs their divorce to be finalized before they can right. buy like is going fha has no money like we go to the worst and i say I everybody's fight about some-
1: fha loans
0: oh yeah we can we
1: can later oh,
0: i don't know it's just a fact it's just a fact can you so- use like usda or something instead uh, no, but we have somebody with USDA and you have to make it contingent upon the funds being available. And that's a whole nother problem.
1: FHA lending is not
0: the problem, but carry on, carry it's, on. I'll it's fight. the reputation that it has. is the yeah. problem, It depends on the house, all of that, obviously, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, so we, you know, so we do that and we go through, look, you're not a cash buyer. That's fine. Uh, most people aren't, not a big deal. The next best would be conventional with you know, some money in the bank and giving the confidence, whatever. So talking through that and letting them see, gosh, I'm a C-plus buyer at best. Damn, do you grade grade even, Do you give them a that? No, we don't use those terms, but they'll, they'll connect the dots. Like, I'm not an A-plus buyer. Now we can use that. Hey, this guy's an A-plus buyer. I guarantee this is a cash offer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And we explain that a C-plus buyer willing to pay $5,000 more for a house may not get the house for an A-plus Buyer that's five thousand less, right? Right. This has proven to be extremely helpful because then we can talk through what are you comfortable with outside of the lending. Mm-hmm. How handy are you? How comfortable are you with doing your inspections for information purposes only, or do you want to be able to ask for repairs? Mm-hmm. Do you have any cash in the bank to cover the appraisal gap up to five thousand dollars? You know, what do you want to do to bump yourself up from a mid grade buyer up or whatever? That's right. just working really well for us.
1: Yeah, I like it. Do you have this written down that we can share?
0: No, no, but I can do that. I'll put it together for us and okay. I'll put we can put it in the show notes. Cool. Yeah.
1: Well, just, we can just also, a sketch. Oh, yeah, they can also, we'll put in the resources page too. So jennifermerlin.com slash vault is probably a better place for it. Let's do that. Yeah. Slash vault, V-A-U-L-T. Good. Let's do spelling bee champ. I just want to make sure I spell it for. I like right. it now because it does open up the conversation of like, which of these do and don't apply. Mm-hmm. And then also like, we've had pretty good luck with if they still want an inspection, because a lot of people are not comfortable with not having an inspection and mm-hmm. if they couldn't bring like their contractor friend or somebody with them that is like comfortable looking at houses. So they really want somebody's eyes on it. We've been calling the inspector and saying, hey, well, when are you available? And usually they can like fit us in like the next day or whatever. And so it's like, okay, well, the inspection instead of being like two or three days or 10 days or whatever, it's, you know, the next day at 8 a.m. is when the inspector is coming. Yeah.
0: I love that. You've told me you guys do that. I think that's brilliant because it gives yeah. the sellers like, look, we don't we might not even have to put a pending. We can right. just see very quickly if this is
1: a go. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what happens. Cause they can still keep it like quote unquote active. Right. Yeah. But that's yes. along the lines of like, what we've talked about before is like, I think it's in Canada. I'm pretty sure it's Canada. Our Canadian listeners will have to tell us, but a contract doesn't go you know, to a pending status until contingencies are released. Which,
0: you know, that's freaking brilliant. We should do a podcast on that. Although we'd agree on that, I guess. I
1: <laughs> well, Nothing we did, we did the one on like, different statuses. Mm, mm-hmm.
0: before, but I, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think too, the way that you're doing it opens up for like, how much money do you really have? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you had talked about paying some of the seller's expenses and we've, we've talked about it before is the biggest expense that a seller has traditionally is commission. Mm-hmm. So can you pay my, my commission? Buyer, for instance. Yeah. Money? Yeah, Even if you can, I mean, that's huge. Depending on how much your house is, that's a lot of money.
0: Totally. And then you're not affecting the sale price. So you're not worried so much about the appraisal. Right. Your offer at two fifty dollars might beat the offer at two sixty five, right? because you're paying $15,000 commission. But it's going to only be showing as right. you know, selling for the regular price. So
1: not the commission. What? Is that right? Is your math right?
0: No, that wasn't the right math. I was just saying like, <laughs> right. no, 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 that definitely was not the right math. I was just an example. And there's a lawnmower outside my window. So I got distracted. That's
1: your math or a distraction. Yeah, exactly. Now if you're going to do something like that, where you're going to pay um, some of the sellers closing costs, or you're going to just make sure I think to in- make sure you include a net sheet because a lot of, they might miss some points and the really most of the time, the sellers are looking for what is the bottom line here. When of course, offers, and yeah. so you want to make sure that they see that that uh, your buyer is giving this money to the seller.
0: For sure, you're you're doing some of the work up front for them. I think that's a great tip. Yeah, I also have the lender call the listing agent. Uh, I don't think it can hurt to say, hey, I want to let you know not only are they pre approved, they're pre approved through underwriting. This is a very qualified buyer. Just a little vote of confidence can't hurt. Yeah. And then <clears throat> I always work really hard to build a relationship. Re- I know this will be a shocker to you build a relationship not- with that listing agent yeah. even before. Like
1: You should call the agent before you go out there and be like, what is the seller looking for? A
0: hundred percent. You've got to know what know, their hot the hot button's are. Agent,
1: pick up your damn phone. Now, for those of you who have called me where I didn't pick up my phone, I was probably recording with mine. Oh,
0: very busy, very busy. <laughs> You know, what's interesting about that? You let's say you have 10 showings and I, and you call, you are the smart buyers agent that calls and says, you know, what are they looking for? And they say, yeah, price is important. And you say, well, what would make them like ecstatic? And what would be like kind of a thriller for them in this deal? And they, she says, you know what they'd really like? And she says something random. But you're the only one that's going to know that because you're the only one that's going to ask, and she's yeah. not going to go volunteer that to the other nine because it was just this random thing she thought of a cuff. Right. You've got a real advantage now.
1: Exactly, a hundred percent. But as the yeah. listing agent, you should be calling all the buyers' agents anyway because, like, sometimes you can cancel the showing and you don't yeah. have to waste everybody's time. And yeah. other times, you just get much better offers.
0: Yeah. Like, hey, for- look,
1: this is this is what they're looking for, and then you ask them how many how many houses have your clients written offers on and haven't gotten. Guaranteed you're going to get a much better offer than what they were going to write.
0: (laughs) This is true. That's a good one. I like that.
1: That's my favorite one. I like to use that against
0: them. Oh my gosh. I did just do that with a gal. I had a cash offer come in on a little investment property over in Price Hill and it was a $60,000 house and it was a really good cash offer. Yeah. And the gal that was shown it at six, her buyer was FHA full time, you know, or full price. I mean, not full price. Like I'm like, no No, you don't need to go i just don't want you to
1: waste your time do
0: that yeah Yeah.
1: i mean i think communication is important right and so it's not only communication with like that was that was actually my second point is like communicate with the other agent but it's like communicating up front with the client with your potential client and having them sign a buyer agreement (laughs) oh Having them sign one so that they are your client, actually, you know, Mm -hmm. and then communicating with the agent. Yeah. Agreed.
0: 100%. All right. So we've got setting expectations. We've got over communicating with the other agent. I
1: think we've thought about that before.
0: Setting expectations?
1: Expectations is so annoying.
0: No, but what I, my expectations where I'm explaining.
1: This is it. Come on. (laughs) reality. If
0: you, if you're buyers don't understand we think everybody understands what's going on they don't they don't see it like we see it they're not in the trenches every day they know it from the news they know it from some agents bitching about it online which by the way quit that you look look like you're not succeeding stop stop saying that you've written 10 offers for somebody and you have not gotten anything where is the vote of confidence on that you think I'm calling you next no no So stop doing that. I don't know. I don't know. I think
1: too. So another strategy is, is let's think outside the box. Okay. So it's, it's very easy to set up a portal and see what pops on the market. Right. But what about if you did a search and said, what came off the market, what expired, what canceled, what um, has maybe sold in the last like five to seven to 10 years in that area, calling Mm -hmm. that agent saying like, Hey, have they, you know, or calling them directly circle prospecting. Mm -hmm. We've Mm -hmm. had some good luck circle prospecting. Have you?
0: Yeah. Nice. Real good. Yeah. When you're focused on a target area, that's really easier than just some broad, like whatever, when they know they want to be in this subdivision, that's pretty
1: easy to go. We need to get it narrowed down as much as possible. I mean, if you're driving all over creation, right. They're not ready. No, that's no bueno. No bueno. No bueno. No bueno. Oh, look, we're speaking Spanish. Oh,
0: look at us.
1: This is the Spanish
0: version of real estate fight club.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's like thinking about, okay, what, yeah. Like where are the, where are the houses that they want to buy? And then for, for sellers, if you have the sellers, I know it's really easy to just put it on the market and let like all the other agents like work it, but you could also make calls. Mm-hmm. You could say, okay, where are the current, because out of every listing, you should get at least two to three other deals.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. That's so how you look get at your it.
1: other deals and mm-hmm. you can do like circle prospecting on those too. Like where are these buyers? What do these buyers have in common? Where do they live now? Like maybe they don't buy this house, but maybe they'll buy another one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you'll likely get another listing out of it too. Very true. You're not getting two to three deals out of every listing. Something's wrong.
0: Yeah. Or at least if you're not thinking along those lines and working them like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, here's something we've argued about before, but I think I've actually had this strategy work recently. Literally, they told me this was part of the reason they accepted our offer. And that was the personal letter
1: stop it what stop it <laughs> Listen, my eyes now, can't roll far enough back
0: i know i know now hear hear me out we did do an aggressive amazing offer as great as we can and i know that's ultimately why we want it but the agent did say and your letter really meant a lot to them and it felt good to them and that you know that what was like the letter say I'm trying to make sure I don't go into too much detail that it was a divorce situation. And this gal was starting her new kind of life there. And she had a couple of dogs and the house was like perfect for dogs it Had a beautiful fenced in yard. And these, these sellers had dogs. And so we sent a picture of her with her dog or no, not her, just the dogs and the letter. Okay. And the dogs like wanted to live in the house kind of thing. Like <laughs> That's
1: had- really cute. Yeah. But that's and
0: like- you know, it, I, I'm just saying it worked. It worked. I know that some brokers have issues with them. You got to be careful because decisions are being made on wow. not fair, blah, blah, blah. I get it, but it's working. Look,
1: these sellers are looking people up. You can see the name on the contract. <laughs> yeah. You more about the buyers and the buyers know about themselves. And pretty soon when we have artificial intelligence running everything, we'll just be like, hey, who's Sally Smith? And our whole life will pop up. <laughs> this is ridiculous. true.
0: We're going to have all kinds of issues. This is true. Hey, tell your buyers not to go out to, you know, Facebook and write, we just made an offer on the house of our dreams. We have to have it. Like, uh, cause I'm going to go see that shit and I'm going to know how badly you want this house. And we're going to, yeah. And we're going to jack that price up.
1: I mean, hey, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't, I don't agree with the letter. If you're going to write a letter though, I think making it about the sellers based on what you're, what, you as the agent found out about them, like, Hey, we want to make sure we give you the most amount of money. Like, Hey, you know, we saw you had dogs. We have dogs too. Like mm-hmm. something, but mm-hmm. not just about the buyer. Yeah. It's, this was connect. Kind and of it connected. really depends on the seller. So that's like one of the things that as, as agents we will get the vibe for when we talk to the other agent.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got it.
1: Cause different personality types are different. Cause like yep. if send me a letter. I'm not going to read it. If I send one to you, you'll read it. <laughs>
0: You know, there's an agent up north, um, Ryan, he's awesome. And he has his sellers sign all that stuff, like sign the letter and all that and gives it back to the buyer's agent, even especially if they didn't get the deal so that they can see that that, that their stuff was presented to the seller. I thought that was a really kind of common, like nice courtesy.
1: I mean, okay. I've never done it. I don't know.
0: I know, but I thought it was really nice. He's like, look, these guys took a lot of time to prepare this offer.
1: They really wanted this house. What? Here's your, here, you lost. Here. Here's
0: Here's your losing signature. Sorry. I don't know.
1: All right. What else can people do to win?
0: Well, one thing to think about uh, also might be stop shopping at the top of their budget. Because if they can only go to 200 and you're Uh, looking at a $200,000 house and you know it's going to work, it's not going to work.
1: got to be like 150,
0: go to the 150 house, let them be the best of the heap. And uh, so you got to have that. That's part of those conversations. Everybody below them, but what
1: else?
0: Yeah. And guys, don't be afraid to pull this, the, you know, the last three months of that, one mile radius around that house and show that the average sale price is higher than the average list price for the first time in ever. And um, don't be afraid to prove what you're saying to them because they might just be words to them and they're not really hearing it. They need to see it. Some people need to see the evidence.
1: No, that's true. It depends on the client for sure, but that's what you get out of the consultation, right? Like the buyer consultation and also too pushing them. Like people will just spew out what they think they want. But then Mm -hmm. it's like part of the consultation is really digging into it. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, what do you live in now? You live in a one bedroom now and you want a three bedroom. Why? Like, what are you using the rooms for? Mm -hmm. Oh, you want a basement, but why? Like, what if it had an outbuilding or what if, Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like pushing it because a lot of things, a lot of times they don't know what they want. And it's, and especially if they've bought, like, say they bought a number of houses before, like this is like their fifth house, right? you can be like, what did you like? What did you like and not like about each of the houses? Then we'll know what you really want. Mm -hmm. Because even ones that have bought five times, but it's been over 40 years, they forget.
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. How many times do you go through, you know, what they're looking for and they say, we have to have four bedrooms and we need three and a half baths. And then we really need a two car garage and the finished basement, the basement must be finished. You're like, okay, perfect. What if we found the perfect house that was four bedrooms three and a half baths with a garage but it didn't have a finished basement oh well we we would look at that right exactly you've got to you've got to ask these questions
1: no i like it and even say okay well what if you found one that was three bedrooms three and a half baths finished basement or one that's four bedrooms three and a half bath not finished basement which one would you buy right. right. The same right. price. And then you can like really figure out what's important to them. And it makes them think and really like picture these houses.
0: That's right. So that when you do find the right house, it will be the right house and you can go all in on it. Right. Exactly. And not let them make multiple offers on different houses. Like we discussed right last that. episode.
1: You're so predictable. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Are you got any other tips?
0: All right. No, I think that's, that's good. I think the whole thing is over communicating and really being honest with people and setting the setting the bar, like setting the stage.
1: Setting like what, this is what's going on in the market right now. Are you prepared, mm-hmm. you know, and you'll know, they'll say yes, yes, yes. And then they'll get to a, or then they'll send you a house and be like, okay, just so you know, the houses in this neighborhood are going 20% of our asking, which means that your offer needs to be, if it's a $200,000 house, you're going to need to offer. What is it? 240. Right. Are you, you up prepared for that? Offer 240 right. for yeah. this house and then before you even go out there like push hard and they'll be like no 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 okay well then we're not going
0: yeah you're right my question is always do you have the stomach for what we just talked about ooh i like it because it is it's like i mean i you That's and i we're shaking really our heads possible. all day long like what is happening
1: here yeah it's crazy <laughs>
0: i know i know
1: I like it. Well, let's um, get right. back to our corners. We'll take a short break, hear word from our sponsor. And when we return, we'll have the final punches. I want to tell you about Vulcan 7. Now, I know. I know you don't want a cold call. But I actually use Vulcan 7 for circle prospecting, too. It's a great way to find sellers for your buyers and buyers for your sellers. And Monica's the one that showed me Vulcan 7 anyway, (laughs) and I love it. So I'm really excited that they've agreed to partner with us on our podcast. So if you want to do more deals, then you need Vulcan 7. Go to Vulcan7.com slash Jennifer Mertland for a $49 two-week trial of the system. And I guarantee you will never look back. I have always had a coach and sometimes even two or three at the same time, but a couple of months ago, I was feeling stuck. Like I felt unmotivated or burnt out or something. It just wasn't right. And I knew that I needed to find a coach. So I started my search. I went all over the internet. I went to all the Facebook groups. I asked all my friends who they used, and I finally found John Kitchens. And since working with him, I have gotten my mojo back. He holds me accountable. He keeps me focused. He drives results. And I am excited to announce that he stepped up and partnered with us on this podcast. So if you're looking to get your mojo back, head over to coachkitchens.com, click on book a call and use code fight club to get a free business assessment.
0: Welcome back. Let's get back into the ring and finish this battle out even though it really wasn't a battle we were just kind of sparring as I said but did you get some other ideas from uh agents out on the street
1: Everybody, we kind of all have shared best practices out there. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of like picking and choosing what you think is going to like work for the client that you're representing. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think like a strategy too in today's market, which we never talk about from the seller side, is there is some battle against, and we've talked about it before too. Like, should you wait two or three days? to accept an offer. Mm -hmm. Well, should the seller, right? Not you. Right. But it's like advising your clients. Hey, look, we have, we have a couple of choices. We either need to upfront decide when we're going to look at offers, which means that you're probably going to lose some people at the beginning, or we need to look at offers as they come in. And if one works, we'll take it. What do you want to do?
0: Right. Right. How Um, do you operate? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so like just having that real conversation with the sellers too, because they're seeing what's going on as well through Facebook and stuff, they don't, people don't actually like, know. I mean, Facebook is not hundred percent real. Like we can agree on that, right?
0: Mm-hmm, correct.
1: So like, let's, let's pull them into reality and be like, this is what this means. This is what that means. This is how it affects you, blah, blah, blah.
0: No, I agree. Answering no, I agree. questions
1: before they're asked.
0: You know, one thing we didn't say, and we, I mean, we've said it in some ways, but not directly is there is not a better time in our lives as agents, in our businesses, to have standards in place mm-hmm. for what we will do and what we won't do mm-hmm. specifically for a buyer right now. And if you haven't thought about what are your standards, I want to encourage you. You're a business, you're a business owner. Yeah, boom. what hours are you operating? Mm-hmm. What is it? What does a client have to look like to enter your store? Mm-hmm. Like set those standards. If I don't have a 10 out of 10 motivated buyer. I am not working with them in this market. No. And that just saves me a lot of headaches. And look, am I going to lose a buyer? Yeah. yeah. When they show up like a six and I pass on them and the next weekend they go buy a house by accident, I'm willing to lose that for my standards because it will keep my sanity. It will keep my reputation and it will keep me in this business a little longer than most, I think. So 100%. just another way to kind of look at it, right, is from like, yeah. what do we want?
1: Right, right. Exactly. You don't have to help everyone. Right. At- requests it.
0: No, you do not. You you got to find the 10 out of 10 on motivation. 10 out of freaking 10 or it's not happening. It's too hard. Yeah.
1: 100%.
0: Yep. All right. All right. Well, I think that's going to have to be the end of today's battle. What do you guys think? Did this episode help? Did you get a nugget? Just one nugget out of this would make us happy. Let us know what that is. Go to our Facebook page, Real Estate Fight Club podcast, and let us know what nugget you walked away with. And if you have anything to add, we would love to hear your ideas.
1: Yes. And also, if you think somebody else would find this helpful, please share it with a colleague. We're also going to be on Clubhouse at noon on Thursday. So join us there too. We'll be talking about all kinds of fun real estate stuff. And of course, if you have any questions about EXP, we would love to work with you. Give me a call, 513-400-1691. Thanks. Yeah.
0: All right, I'm going to go, um, I don't know, put some makeup on my bruises from today's battle. <laughs> a powder on my no face. today. I know, no bruises today.
1: All right, all right I'll see you next time. Bye bye. All right. I am here with our tiebreaker, sort of. (laughs) No tiebreaker today, but with Leanne Constantine. Hey, Leanne. Hey, Jen. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Good. So Leanne is the broker owner of Constantine Turner Real Estate out in Nashville, Tennessee. And Leanne, let's hear your best strategies for winning in today's market and see who you match uh, more closely with, me or Monica.
2: Okay, it's really hard to find three top ones, but right. but three kind of outside the box strategies that have helped me recently. Um, as a listing agent, um, you know, everyone offers to bridge that appraisal gap. We all know that's going on. Um, what has helped me is to request that the buyers put a, put a cap on how much they're willing to bring to bridge that gap. And then if that's, we, we kind of work through all the numbers, that's acceptable to everyone. I have them escrow that money up front Oh, because a if they don't idea. and then they try to pull it out of what they've put down, you know, say for their down payment, then they could totally lose their financing. Right. Um, you know, because they, they don't have enough cash to close. And so that has actually been very effective. And e- even for cash deals, Yeah. I, I, I have asked to escrow it up front because then everyone has skin in the game and they can't
1: well even if they're waiving the appraisal
2: no um Wait, no 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 for a cash deal right, if right, they right. want an appraisal which some some people are still asking for that um i work in in different different price points and some of the price points that that's
1: yeah you know, a bit of an no i love that idea and that's actually a new idea to me is putting it out in front because the thing is is if they don't need the gap they were still going to have to bring that money with them anyway
2: yeah exactly and uh, you know, I mean, with with the with what people are offering now,
1: mm-hmm. there is often an
2: appraisal gap. Right. And people can say all kinds of things to win the deal, but if they're serious and they actually do have the money to do that, they're not going to mind giving you to giving it to you up front because it's going to go towards their purchase. It's not exactly. like people. So I love it. It's it's just a safety feature for your sellers and and really for your buyers too. Yeah. No. They don't I mean, lose the house great. and lose the deal.
1: hmm That's perfect
2: the second one is I really firmly believe in communicating in person with the agent on the other side so if you're buyers <laughs> in person <laughs> yeah it, masks and all right and if you're if your buyers really want a house mm-hmm. um, I have called the seller's agent I've said you know what what's important to your sellers yeah well they want to stay in the house until until they find something else well that's an indefinite time period you can't even put that in a contract right. so i will talk to the sellers agent and say look what are they looking for mm-hmm. um i know someone who may have a listing coming up that might yeah. work for them. Right. let's get them connected let's and and that is a strategy that's actually worked out for me in two different two different transactions where I helped the sellers find a place to go so that my buyers could write the best offer and get the deal.
1: I think, I mean, communication is such a big thing and we talk about it constantly. It's like, but it's, it's not, it's about a verbal conversation.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Not text, not email, not a Facebook messenger or whatever. Like it needs, you can get more information when you're talking to somebody voice to voice.
2: Yes, because you get voice nuances and you get contacts that you don't get with electronic communication. And please don't Facebook message. Just don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Wow. You're pretty against that. I'm I'm, I'm pretty adamant on that.
1: (laughs) All right. What's your third tip?
2: Uh, The third tip is, and, and I've had to become this for buyers and sellers. I've had to become an expert on which apartment buildings have apartments for three, six. Nine months leases. Oh. Which companies offer those options? Yeah, I'm a literal expert in that now for both my sellers and my buyers because oh my ultimately God. the sellers yeah. become buyers and they're going to have to have somewhere to live while they find somewhere to live.
1: Yeah, and
2: and they love it because this is beyond a lot of people. This is the part that's so intimidating to them, mm-hmm. and a lot of people won't list their house because they're afraid they can't find somewhere to go. Exactly, but, but they want to take advantage of this market. So you. You find them someplace to go. You explain to them why they have to have temporary housing. You make them a lot of money on their house. You're going to be their forever realtor.
1: My gosh. I wish I would have talked to you before Monica and I did this because I would have crushed her in this battle. <laughs> <Those are laughs> right I'm sorry, Monica. You're like the real MVP of this podcast today. Those are really awesome tips. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing those. I know that that has, will open up a lot of people's eyes like it did mine. If um, people do have a referral for you in Nashville, or they're looking for a place to go in Nashville and want to talk to you more about your team and your brokerage, what is the best way to get a hold of you?
2: Anything call, text, email, not
1: Facebook messenger,
2: not Facebook messenger. Please do not do that. We have, I have three Facebook pages and well, I, mercy. I know I got to get somebody to clean that up.
1: <laughs> What's your cell phone?
2: 615-519-2064. And your email? It's Leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E at LeanneConstantine.com. It's phonetic.
1: Oh, well, I really appreciate you being on. Thanks a lot, Leanne. Thanks, Jen. It's always a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Fight Club podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics.